Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast, where we explore the challenging topics that young adults often face. Each week, we talk with guests who help answer questions of faith, life, and culture, connecting them to our daily experiences and God's Word. For more info on In Doubt, visit indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This is Daniel Markin, and on today's program, I'm joined by a good friend of mine. His name is Matt Crocker. No, he is not the singer from Hillsong, but Matt is a good buddy of mine. Uh, we've kind of grown up doing ministry together, and today we're talking through his first book that he's written, which is called Foundations, 100 Days of Devotions Through Catechism. And what is catechism? Well, we will answer that question for you. And as you listen to, uh, make sure to check out his book. You can get it on Amazon. Right now on Kindle, you can get it for four bucks. But if you go to wiffenstock.com, W-I-P-F-N-Stock.com, you can actually order the book through there. Use their promo code 100 days and you'll get it at a discount. So that's for the hard copy of the book. Hope you enjoy this interview with Matt and I. Hey, welcome to In Doubt. This is Daniel Markin, and today I'm joined by Matt Crocker, my friend, friend in ministry, uh, friend, lifelong friend, Matt Crocker, who is the author of a book called Foundations, which we're going to talk about a little bit today. But Matt, why don't you quickly introduce yourself uh, to our listeners? Yeah. Uh, hey, my name is Matt. Um, like Daniel said, we've been lifelong friends. I uh, live and work in uh, Vancouver, BC at a, a local church called uh, Christ City, uh, doing youth ministry, and wrote a book called Foundations, which is what we're going to be talking about. That's probably about it. I don't know what else you want to know. Are you a family man, Matt? I'm a family man. Uh, two kids, uh, one son, his name's Hudson, uh, and then one daughter named Zoe. Uh, she's great. Hudson's great too. <laughs> <laughs> They're both great. Um, They're both great. And my wife is named Jody. Uh, she also is uh, working and living in Vancouver with me. So <laughs> amazing. Well, Matt, we're going to talk a little bit about Foundations today, which is this book that you've written. Uh, but you've also been serving at, I, I maybe some of the context of this book is you're serving at Christ City yeah. in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. doing some youth ministry. And so with that, that has kind of actually brought in some of the, the the reason why you wrote this book is your work with youth. But, you know, I wanted to just take a little fun note here and ask you this question. You know, Matt, we, uh, we have a long history together. We, you know, went to high school together. We did. And in high school, there was, we, we played kickball, dodgeball against each other. Um, you, you were on a, a dodgeball team. What was your, what was the team called? So when I came on this podcast, I was wondering how long it would take before (laughs) Daniel brought this up. (laughs) Uh, We were were on a team, intramural dodgeball team uh, called Meat Fest 98. Good year. Uh, Meat Fest 98. Great year. Um, It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Daniel, you too were on a team. I was on an intramural team called the Moet Mullets. A lesser quality team. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say lesser quality. I'd say we were younger. We were a year behind you yeah, in high school. Yeah, a year behind. And, and part of the story is, you know, we, we met each other in the kickball finals at the Moat Intramurals. And uh, the Moat Mullets defeated Meat Fest 98 in a 
massive upset. Bad day. I mean, especially losing for a grade 12 team to lose to a grade 11 team. Uh, huge. And I just wanted to ask, how did that experience influence your writing of Foundations? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. It was such a sad day, Daniel. <laughs> I don't even remember it. <laughs> Amazing. Well, get into this then. So you've written this book. This is your first book you've written. It is, yeah. And uh, and what's fun about this book is you're telling me about it. And I was like, I mean, we were walking around downtown, I think, getting a coffee at one point. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, at, the, at the time, you were doing ministry in Vancouver. I was doing ministry in Vancouver. And um, you were telling me, like, I'm writing this book. And you told me the idea of it. I'm like, this is amazing. Can you send me a copy? And one thing led to another. You end up sending me a copy. And I used this book, and which is why I really recommend it uh, to our listeners. But I used this book to teach through it. So that's just a little hint. But what is this Foundations book? Yeah, I mean, I can like let me give you a little bit of the the context for it too. Um, so here at Christ City, you know, we were doing like a uh, like what you might call like a catechism class with our our youth. Um, what is catechism? Catechism is basically just a, a method of of teaching where you go through questions and answers. And there's like a, a bunch of different historic catechisms that have been written. Martin Luther wrote one. Um, you know, there's the Heidelberg Catechism. And the one that we chose to use is called the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which came out of like Puritanism and is sort of the foundational, one of the foundational uh, catechisms for Presbyterianism. Uh, it's great. It's been used not just by those denominations, but by like a, a wide uh, breadth of people. Um, the Westminster Shorter uh, in particular is like super, super popular. So we were doing this thing where I was like using that um, and updating the language to be a bit more modern, a bit more like youth friendly, you could say. Not in a like, oh, I'm adding like cool youth culture words, but just updating the English youth slang, yeah, updating the, the <laughs> English from like these and thous to like, you know, a bit more modern parlance. Right. Uh, and then we would teach it to our, our youth and, uh, it was going great. It was awesome. Uh, it was a lot of fun writing lessons and stuff on that was amazing. But then, uh, COVID hit and when COVID hit, everyone went into lockdown and suddenly I couldn't teach this class anymore. I was like, okay, well, how do I, how do I reach the youth? and maintain some sort of like daily discipleship with them um, in, in some way. And what I decided to do is I, I created Instagram posts uh, using the catechism sort of question and answers. So every day I'd post, you know, like I'll just flip open to a random page. I'd post a, a question on Instagram on a picture and it'd be like, did all people fall when Adam and Eve sinned? And then they'd like scroll and it'd say, yes, when Adam and Eve sinned, the punishment extended to everyone, something like that. And then underneath in the sort of uh, caption area, I wrote a little sort of short devotional piece. And as I was doing this and uh, I was doing it daily, so we were going through each uh, question and answer of the catechism. There's a hundred of them. Um, uh, people started to say, oh, that's a good idea. Like we should maybe, you should maybe consider extending it and writing more. So I just kept kind of extending it and extending it and extending it and adding to it and adding to it and adding to it until it became this sort of full book length devotional work where there's a hundred days of, of catechism question answered, including a, a devotional piece and a prayer and questions for reflection. Um, and so really it's, it's now a, a devotional tool 
but also a tool hopefully that people can use to uh, shape and and maybe build their own uh, programs for youth or uh, it would be a great thing to walk through with new Christians even because it's it's designed to sort of introduce people to the basic doctrines and basic ideas of the Christian faith uh, in a really like um, non-highbrow way, right? It's, it's, it's not a, a, a large theological treatise. It's a, um, you know, a, a small devotional work written for lay people, it would be an excellent sort of like introduction to newer Christians, that sort of thing. So that's kind of the genesis of the book. Yeah, it's a bite-sized form, which I really appreciate because when you hear catechism, I, I think the Westminster Catechism, maybe you've, people have Googled it before, and you start like, man, it's, it's wordy, and you're kind of like, what is going on here? And I agree, like it can be a little bit um, off-putting or just overwhelming to like a new believer. And so one of the things I really appreciated is like you're giving people really high level theology and, and maybe just even like because it's, it's, it's a devotional, it's just like a, it's a taste of it, but you summarize kind of that point. But passively, as people read through these things, they're actually gaining a, a depth and knowledge in building a theological foundation that I think is really important because my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like kind of before there were Sunday schools, you would do catechism with kids. Like they would have like a catechism class, right? Mm -hmm. They go to a room and they're kind of memorizing the questions and answers. So it's the sort of thing where like, I say four times four, you say, oh, 16. Like you just know it off the tip of your tongue. My understanding is like catechism was that. You would ask, what's the chief end of man? Oh, kid would be like, oh, to glorify God and enjoy him forever, right? Like the answer just flips off the, the top of their mind so that, you know, and this is even the same reason why we talk about creeds. We have historical creeds. We sing songs because things come to memory, right? We, we recite communion, that passage over and over again, because, oh, boom, it just right to the top of, of your mind. Yeah. Yeah, the idea is formation, right? The idea is with catechism is I think even when I run classes, because you still do classes now uh, through, through the catechism, and uh, yeah, I think I like to tell the youth that are involved in it, um, you know, the book is written probably for uh, an older youth and then uh, or a young adult kind of age range, a newer Christian kind of thing. And then I distill that down again in our catechism classes on a Sunday morning. And one of the things I'm constantly telling the kids in our classes is basically saying, like, look, guys, like, I want you to memorize the question and answers. But uh, even if you can't memorize it like word for word. If we say it out loud more together in the class, if we're writing it down on our note sheets, if we're doing all these things, then the ideas from this catechism, they're gonna, kind of getting lodged in our brains and they're like forming and shaping our understanding of the Christian worldview and, and like developing our theological ability. Um, and I think that's so important, right? That's kind of the, I would say it's like really a uh, worldview sort of formation type thing is what catechism is sort of designed to be. It's, it's presenting you with all the sort of questions you that, that may be asked about Christianity uh, in a very systematic way so that people come out of it with a fully sort of shaped uh, worldview of what Christianity is. Yeah, there's there's something to be said about worldview building, and I think that's a big piece of of teaching the next generation, right? Because we're trying to construct a Christian worldview, like comparing that to a TikTok worldview, right? Like every like the thing that we had talked about is 
and what I had, the reason I was teaching through is the main mode of catechism for kids these days is their phone. They're being catechized by what they see on TikTok, what they see on Instagram, Facebook, right? That's what influences them. That's what's teaching them. And so it's interesting that this is almost like a reverse catechism. You're trying to return back to that and, and build that foundation in that worldview because, and maybe this is a, a question for you, but I, I don't know if, if youth necessarily, there's always youth and, and the tough thing about youth ministry is you disciple these high school kids for years and years and years and they walk away from the faith. Do you think it's, the, the question is always they get to college and someone comes along and like a professor, and, like biology professor and says like, hey, all this stuff that you believe in the Bible is wrong. It's all about science, evolution, right? Or you can go to philosophy professor, da, 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 and they, they just rip on Christianity. And it's been my experience and it's my opinion that I think the reason so many of youth and, and young adults walk away from the faith in the early years of college is because their worldview was just so underbuilt. Like that world of the, the philosophical implications, sociological implications of the Christian faith was so underdeveloped that they come along someone else who actually has a worldview, although it, we'd say it would be wrong. Like it's, it's an incorrect pagan worldview built on anti-Christian values. That worldview is actually like, it, it seems so much stronger. And so by plausibility, they just kind of like, you know, well, I guess I'm going to fall into this one and they fall away from their faith. Would you agree with that sentiment about worldview being an important piece of developing uh, children and students? Or do you disagree that there's other reasons why, you know, students might fall away from the faith? Because this tool ultimately in, in using it for high school students, young adults is to help people stay in the faith and grow in their faith. What do you think is the chief reason these days why students are walking away from the faith? Yeah. I mean, you already mentioned one is, is just like the culture, the pressure in the culture is so strong, you know, like, uh, like social media apps, uh, TikTok and Instagram, those sorts of things have such a huge impact on young people today, on all of us, you know, like if you're, if I'm, I was born 93 and, you know, so I'm a, is that a millennial? I'm, I'm one of those. Yeah, you're a millennial. And, uh. And I'm, I use all those things, you know, and they, they definitely are a prevalent part of my life. And so if that's true for me, then there's even more true for people who are of a younger generation, right? They're, they're, they've never had a world without it. They're always going to be taking part in those things, right? So those things shape them and form them in ways maybe that uh, we take for granted. You know, we, we don't really realize that the stuff they're seeing, the music they're listening to, the, the, um, you know, the, the things people are sharing on their Instagram are actually uh, having a significant impact on how they think of the world. So that's definitely one part in terms of that worldview sort of formation of young people that I think does play a part in uh, maybe them walking away from their faith at some point uh, in their life. Um, the other thing I'd say is, you know, I'm, I'm a fairly strong reformed guy. And so on one level, I want to say, okay, well, people who walk away from their faith, they're walking away from their faith, not because of like, you know, uh, they have been, they, there's been a failure to, uh, to learn scripture. It's more because of the spirit hasn't done a work in, in their hearts, right? But then the other 
like hand, I want to, I want to uphold human responsibility and the church's responsibility to, uh, teach people, you know? And so I think my perspective is one of like, I don't know, like I might, I might have a, a kid in my youth group who's like an all-star, you know, like they, they appear to love the Lord. Uh, they're, they're just, you know, they seem like they're great and, you know, they go through university and they fall away from, from their faith and you go, what happened? Like they were involved in everything. Like we did all we could, you know, like they served, they uh, read their Bible, they did this and they still fall away. And, you know, that's just that's surprising to us sometimes. Right. Um, and then you might have kids in your youth group who they are involved in everything and they're just not listening to any of it and you have no idea. Right. And so I think that there's this sense of, um, you know, we don't, I don't really know the exact reasons why young people, uh, fall away besides the data we have, which, you know, suggests that it is happening that like social media and other things of like that play a role. Um, but we should, I think, be trying our hardest to disciple young people as much as we possibly can with deep theology and not sort of what, like this sort of wide breadth of, of just like a smattering of topics that doesn't really cover the things that they'll be facing in the real world. You know, I think, um, I think that's where a, a lot of sort of the, the attractional model of youth ministry fails is because you're trying to basically get these kids in the door with like, fun and games and slurpees yeah and, monster trucks yeah actually though like right and it's it's the same in young adult ministries too it's the same in in just regular church ministries like we're all tempted towards that right uh where we sort of place this idea of like getting people involved is more important sort of that depth of of knowledge um but it doesn't work right it doesn't have lasting impact i don't think because you're not you're not forming robust worldviews that can uh, actually compete with the worldviews that they're going to be uh, inundated with in the culture around them. And, uh, you know, if you don't have sort of an understanding of uh, like a fully orbed understanding of what the Christian worldview is and how, uh, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ reconciles us to God the Father, and now that we're reconciled to God the Father— who is Lord over all things. We can take our whole lives and live it in service to God, who's created the world as something good, that we can be in our jobs glorifying God. We can be in our homes glorifying God with our families. We can be uh, acting as politicians and glorifying God as we do that, right? We can glorify God in all areas of our life because we've been reconciled to him and are indwelt by his spirit. Uh, if you don't have that understanding, then you're going to sort of compartmentalize your faith, which is sort of this juvenile understanding of what faith is and the rest of your life. And the rest of your life is going to look more attractive because it's about, you know, the fun and the games and, the, and making money and whatever it is, right? The pursuit of pleasure. Uh, and so I think, I think this, the whole idea of, of catechizing people uh, the idea of the devotional book and everything like that, it, it, it is to help people form a, a, a worldview, a Christian worldview that can hold up to the competition. Yeah, hard work now that will pay off when the hard times come later. Totally, totally. I remember we used to, 
in high school up remember there was like track and field and like speed and agility stuff that the football guys would do yeah, yeah well we would do these trainings where we were literally running up hills we were running like up hills like 15 16 times you know and your legs would get so tired that you're actually instructed to walk down the hill backwards because it's better for your knees because your knees could buckle because we've been you know training so hard and i remember it clicked for me then because i was like you know i could actually like make it easier myself by like not trying as hard right now and just kind of glide up the hills, not really push myself up these hills, right? Because it'd be easier. But I also knew from experience that as the summer goes on, as the training intensifies, we're not running up 16 hills anymore. It's 36 hills. It's like by working harder now, it would actually be easier later on rather than just getting crushed later on and wanting to quit. And so there's an element of like, man, catechism is not necessarily fun. A lot of stuff in in church discipleship isn't necessarily fun. There's a lot of things that we do that aren't necessarily fun. And why is it? You know, it just seems that like a lot of the things that are really important in life take work. It's hard work. And yet those are the most rewarding things. Those are the things that, that pay off the most, right? You work hard at your job, you get paid. Hard work is important and you see the fruit of that. But just, you know, circling back to what you're saying, like, there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with slurpees, monster trucks, but there's an element of what you win people with is what you win them to. Totally. And so what I really appreciate about you and your ministry is like you want to win people to a, a deep faith, a deep gospel that like through hard times and storms will become the foundation on which they can actually stand uh, rather than like, oh, I'm going through the hardest thing in my life and all my church offers me is Slurpees, monster trucks, and you know, a fun sort of sermon. We're trying to disciple people in the good times and the bad times. Yeah, I think, I think even too, like one of the things that maybe I think sometimes people misunderstand about worldviews and worldview formation and the part the catechism plays in that is that if you have a robust worldview that gives you reasons for some of those big questions you have, who am I? You know, what is the ultimate reality in the universe? Uh, why is there evil and suffering? You have something that provides answers to those questions in a coherent and comprehensive way, right? Then when you are faced with other competing worldview systems, whether it's on your TikTok or whether it's on your Instagram or whether it's in your university classrooms or in your high schools, you have already formed your own worldview and you already have answers to maybe those uh, pushbacks that a competing worldview system may place against Christianity, right? Against those, uh, those worldview assumptions. And people tend to like, once you've got those answers, uh, once you kind of have like an understanding of this is my, this is what, what I believe the world to be like. This is the, uh, sort of understanding I have of it. It's, it's, I think pretty rare for people to actually like do like a full 180 turn and switch around. You know what I mean? It seems to be the case that like a lack of knowledge and an inability to answer questions and an inability to reconcile maybe the worldview claims of the secular world with the worldview claims of Christianity that leads to the conflict, right? But if you have the worldview claims of Christianity solidified, then it, that conflict is just avoided because you go like, oh, that's not what I think. And I have good reasons for not thinking that. And I think that's where, you know, 
that's kind of where I'm trying to lead people to through this sort of devotional format is answering some of those questions. And that's why catechism is so awesome because catechism, it was designed specifically for that purpose to give you answers and clarity on all of these different questions you might have, right? So it's got an apologetic angle. It's got uh, uh, like a theological angle. And I think that's why it's so, so valuable. Yeah. And when those philosophical or theological objections come with a Christian worldview, you can, you'll be like, well, no, they, they don't compute. People still will fall away. But, and I would say it's because not because of the secular philosophy, but because of the secular, the attraction of the secular lifestyle. Like the number one reason why so many Christians fall away is they just want to have sex with who they want to have sex with right? Like it's the passions of the flesh. And so they know in their mind, well, I know what the Bible teaches on this. I'm just going to, just not going to care. Right. And so we do all we can to catechize, but yet, like you mentioned earlier, it's, it's a work of the spirit that, um, is the thing that keeps people in the faith. It's, it's the only thing that the spirit seals believers. And, you know, one of the things too, in our culture right now, I think the church at large needs to just do a better job at this, at providing answers to our young people. Because right now, so many, I think, young Christians have a truncated view of what the gospel is. They think it just belongs in church and they're getting to university and they're encountering all these different ideas. They're getting to the world. They're seeing it online. They're seeing all these different philosophies, don't know necessarily what to make of it. And they're not going to their pastors, right? I was talking with someone else about this. They're going to Jordan Peterson, for answers about philosophy and questions about faith, which is really interesting. They're not going to their pastor, their local church about it. They're going online to this other person. And I think we need to do a better job as the church to actually provide answers to some of those questions. So they're not having to go outside of the church to find answers to questions that they have. Yeah, exactly. Well, Matt, we're kind of coming in for landing here. We've got to uh, end our time. We could keep going. I mean, we could just swap stories. On yeah. and on and on and on. Yeah, but we could. Let, uh, <laughs> let, let our audience know, like, where can they get this book, uh, 100 Days of Devotions Through Catechism? Where do they get this? And I understand there's a little promo code yeah. that you have been offered. Yeah, so you can find the book on Amazon, on basically anywhere they sell books. Um, it's on sale right now on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle for uh, $4, I believe, or even under $4, something like that. That's a really good deal. And uh, steal of a deal if you have Kindle and you like use uh, Kindle. And then you can get it half price if you order through Whitfinstock's website. That's the publisher, uh, Whitfinstock. Uh, if you use the promo code 100 days, all capital, at uh, the checkout, you can get it 50% off there as well. Um, yeah, that's where you can you can find it. Amazing. Matt, thank you for your time. We'll have you back on the program again at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, bro. It was good to, good to chat. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear more, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at indoubt.ca or indoubt.com. We're also on social media, so make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. In Doubt is a ministry that exists to engage young people with biblical truth and provide answers for many of today's questions of life, faith, and culture. 
through audio programs, articles, and blogs, InDoubt reaches out to encourage, strengthen, and disciple young adults. To check out all the resources of InDoubt, visit InDoubt.ca in Canada or InDoubt.com in the U.S. Or if you're in a position or share a passion for the ministry of young people, you can support the ongoing mission of engaging a new generation with the truth of the Bible. First, you can pray for this ministry. And second, and if you are able, please consider a financial gift by visiting InDoubt.ca in Canada or InDoubt.com in the U.S. Your gift of any amount is such a blessing and an answer to prayer. Thanks.